As much as I talk about the importance of community and how community has a very attractive business proposition, I think not enough people are talking really about the downsides or the challenges of running a paid community. And this is something I'm personally very interested in because I run a paid community for the Coding Career Handbook. The Tropical MBA guys just celebrated 10 years of running paid community, and they had some really interesting things to say about the challenges of paid community. So let's have a listen. You know, the first thing I want to point out here is that running a community is a really like hot topic right now, right? If you go into the web and entrepreneurship, porn stuff, everybody talks about the value of community. This is the year of communities. We really got to do more communities, all this kind of stuff. I think it's worth pointing out that there's a distinction in running a community and having passionate customers. Basically, a lot of the literature on the web, you know, aimed at startups is about you know, creating a community for your customers to like swap notes about using your products. And the reason that it's different is because, well, you've already sold them the product, right? So they've bought a product. Whereas when you're talking about running a community, which is really more like a private club or, you know, a private organization, there's a lot of different dynamics. And one of the dynamics there is that it doesn't behave at all like a, a traditional business. And so a lot of people write me emails saying, man, well, so great. You guys got this community business. You know, I want to build one. I'm having all this trouble with it, which there's a lot of challenges, not the least of which is like getting people to join and getting them to interact with each other and, you know, having momentum and then making money out of it. You can't just go to a community and like double it overnight, right? You might be able to double your profit if you like do coaching to a small portion of members or whatever. But like this idea that you're just going to add twice as many members or whatever, it doesn't work the same way with a product. You can sort of just sell twice as many, especially with software. If you're betting on a community to be your main business, you might be disappointed at the dynamics that you end up with. And so I would very much recommend it doing it in concert with a product or a service and doing it on the side as you grow your chops, your reputation. You can use your community as a Petri dish, as a sales funnel. Some people do that. There's all different ways you, that community can be an asset to your core business. But if you're counting on it as a core business, you know you might find that you have a business that's very difficult to run, not that profitable, and you got a board of directors that includes a couple hundred people. Yeah, it's very easy to look from the outside in, kind of run the numbers. A lot of people have done it over the years and think like, this is an amazing business. But again, this is inside baseball talk. So there's a lot that goes behind running a community, number one, that the cost might not necessarily be apparent. And then number two, the term community and the term money, they don't always mix. <laughs> it's yeah. very hard to make them mix, actually, I think from my perspective, in terms of like retaining members, getting people to share openly what they're doing, actually creating progress in our business and our lives, and then turning around and charging people for it. This is something that we've struggled with the whole time that we've been running this community, Dan. We've gone back and forth, me and you, probably a hundred times on what the right price is. Are we gonna offer some like kind of like executive level options? Are we gonna charge people for information or are we going to charge people for access? And I think at the end of the day, for us, we've always come back to the conclusion that this is a community. Community comes first. And because we have another business, that's okay. Well, there's so many factors playing against that, right? Because in a community, 
there's a lot of dynamics that re you require people with different dynamics, right? Not everybody can be the same. And so one dynamic is you have some members who will pay, say, call it 600 bucks a year or whatever, and they make $600,000 a year from it. And so now we've got this really weird thing where it's like, okay, I'm getting paid 600 and you're making that. So like the dynamic is really, really tricky. And then you got someone who's say they see that potential. And so now they want to drive things their direction because, oh man, if I get in here, I got the potential to get there. And then you just got, you know, communities are breeding grounds for people that have all kinds of needs, whether, you know, it's ego, whether it's identity, whether it's they're just predators and they want to find ways to take advantage of people. So like it's that there is like this constant management of if you want all these beautiful things to happen, you have to make sure that people aren't ripping things around for their immediate benefit. One of the things that like doesn't really happen in a product business is like if someone buys like a hundred dollar product from you, like, yeah, they might like return it and give you a hard time. But actually when you're running a community, like the opposite can happen all the time. Like someone can pay you 500 bucks a year, but cost you 5,000. Really what we're talking about here is the currency isn't really money. It's, it's goodwill. It's reputation. And those things take time. It's a really good discussion here. And I highly recommend checking out the Tropical MBA podcast if you haven't come across it. But they had one more piece, which I thought I should include, about keeping out members. At some point, communities have negative network effects. The more people join, the worse it becomes instead of the better it becomes. And of course, the TMBA guys ran into that and had this to say. But of course, keep in mind that it's a high class problem. I think an underrated challenge of running a community as a business is that it's as important who you keep out as who you let in, whether that's someone who's a predator or a salesperson or just needs to cause drama for their own ego. But also, you know, I think that setting the bar at, you know, your business has to be making X thousand dollars a month has kept out thousands of members, but has contributed to why the current members find a lot of value in the community as successful business owners. But that makes it really hard to know how to grow. Yeah, and the reason why I think it's worth focusing on Jeff's uh, idea of the blacksmith, you know, you can have a community of the DC of, say, a thousand people, and then it can only take a handful of those people to wreck the whole thing for everybody. Like, yeah. that's the power of these people in, the, in these types of organizations. We spent a bunch of time talking about this, like, internally, like, these three people or these five people or, like, what to do about this and, like, creating systems. Well, and, and there's an important distinction between like having a forum and having a community is that like Ian and I don't have to post in the DC for a year and it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it would be nice if we did, but the reality is, is like there's plenty of great people to talk to and there's plenty of talking to be done. And so it's not a matter of Ian and I going in there and saying, hey, what does everybody have to think about this thing that we're posting here so that everybody talks about it? And when you get to that level, that's a true community. That's a sustaining community. And at that moment, via negativa becomes the name of the game. Like taking actions to remove bad actors becomes a lot more important than finding ways to inspire discussion, which is typically the entry-level conversation about community that happens online. Like how to get people excited about, you know, what's your favorite trip you took this year? <laughs> like that kind of like basic stuff. Once you have this like sort of sustaining community, it becomes a lot more, and you see this like 
let's take a look at other communities, like whether it's like nonprofits or churches or community organizations, or whatever. Finding weeding out bad actors and making sure they don't contaminate the group is like typically the point of failure here. I really like that term via negativa, uh, addition by subtraction, and I think basically when your community becomes large enough and self-sustaining, you basically default to the role of moderator, which is something I've experienced in, but it seems very, very far from what a lot of community builders start with, which is they have to start the ball rolling. So that's the full cycle of the challenges of building community, and I thought it was just a really good podcast to talk about.